Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Jordan is on best. Harper's on Miller. play together, they believe, um, and Karis Levert is cold. Levert, back in, speed, oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew! Holiday, shot clock down to six, finds Warren, here's a long three. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts, and of course, read us over at IndieCornrows.com. Uh, we are full swing in the season. Nine games through, Pacers are three and six. We're coming at you the day after uh, the Pacers beat the Knicks pretty handily uh, at Gainbridge Fieldhouse yesterday. Tom, how are you doing? Uh, doing well. Two uh, two wins in a row. Tends to pick up the spirits. So uh, that, that was a fun one last night. Yeah, I was saying this to you uh, before we got on, but it's kind of a, you know, believe it or not, things actually seem to look a lot better when you have four of your projected starters all playing at the same time. Um, <laughs> I think that's what really stood out to Indeed. me the most yesterday was, uh, I mean, having Karis, Malcolm, uh, Miles, Domas, and Chris Duarte in the starting lineup, like it just, that was the best, most cohesive basketball I think the team's played, um, you know, top to bottom. Uh, at least, like, in that starting lineup, I guess I should say. Uh, like, they just – it uh, felt cool. really good. Um, there, There's a lot we can dive into from there, but um, I guess the first thing I'll ask you is how are you feeling about, about Karras being back and how he's looked so far? Because we haven't talked about that, the two of us. Yeah, I mean, he has looked, looked great. And, you know, they're seemingly holding him back uh, a little bit. No uh, bad pun intended, but um, – <laughs> It seemed like last night I was like, yeah, well, let's let him go and, and finish this game out, played over 30 minutes. Hasn't appeared to show any uh, issues. And, you know, obviously with uh, a back issue, those, um, you know, it's kind of the day after <laughs> almost you worry about more. But uh, it seems like he's, he's on his way here. And hopefully it's not an on and off thing. And, and he can continue to develop that rhythm because he really, really looks good. You know, um, he's been shooting real, real well, completely, but he make, he's making plays. And, you know, he, he plays at this, you know, little pace where he can um, shake guys and, and create, you know, space with the dribble and just kind of force everyone on the defense to breeze kind of when he gets it around that foul line area. Is he going to shoot? Is he going to pass? Is he going to take it to the rim? Um, and it just is, you know, delightful to watch for one thing, but also, you know, is another guy, and then you have Robbins who kind of comes at it a little bit different, but can do those things as well, where you're not sure if he's going to pass you or get to the rim. Um, and then with a team like 
um, New York and Toronto before them is really focusing on hammering down on, on some bonus. Free somebody up last night was Miles, <laughs> and he made him pay all night. Um, but Baptist Bert, you know, I feel like defensively he's looked good uh, past couple of games, and 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 the whole group has been more aggressive and and uh, looking more solid on that defensive end um, overall. And so seeing him play on both ends at, at that level, it's certainly given the given the team a boost. And and like you said having all four of those starters. And then, you know, Duarte is a, a, almost in a perfect role as that rookie, yeah. you know, fifth option, let's say, um, and still a threat, then that, that's a nice little combo to to build from. Yeah, and especially like you mentioned with Karras, I mean, just his downhill shake is is so huge for the team. Oh. Like Malcolm obviously has that, but um, it just feels like teams react to Karras in a different way when he's getting downhill. Like you mentioned, he has that pace. Um, you can see how much that unlocks for things. And I think especially, too, in that Knicks game, uh, him working in pick and roll with Domas was awesome because I, I think mm-hmm. that uh, – I mean, there are ways to look at – I mean, Domas did not have a great game uh, offensively, and we'll talk about that more. But, um, like, just – yeah, him and, him and Karish just makes so much sense as a pick and roll duo, and, and seeing them work together has been really nice um, over these three games. Uh and, and again, with the defense, too, I, I've, I've noted that as well, especially on the ball, at least like he was really rough on the ball last year. But he's been pretty solid on the ball so far this year. Um, there, the, the closeouts from him are still a little bit rough, which leads to, you know, some stuff like I actually think this team, at least in the last two games, they look better at containing the initial actions. It's just when everybody reacts and then things are, you know, the ball bounces. It's yep. um, coming off the second side is where they kind of overshoot things and you see some problems, but I think that's stuff that can be shored up a little bit more as the season goes on. And re- regardless, like getting initial stops is fantastic. You know, that's something we were not seeing for a lot of the first, uh, first two <laughs> weeks of play. So it's good to see that change up. Well, let's actually talk about Domas a little bit really quick before we talk to some more. Uh, Domas finished with, yeah, I think 10 points, seven boards, three assists. Not a crazy offensive box score game or whatever. I thought his defense on Julius Randle was fantastic last night. Like, not just on the post, but out on the perimeter, too. Um, I thought he hung with him. And, you know, it's a, a small trade-off for for what you're you're losing offensively. Like, obviously, you know, he still did quite a bit. That's underselling things. So he did a lot as a ball mover screener. But um, I, I just can't continue to be really – uh, impressed with how well he's he's moving and how well he's playing defensively this year. Yeah, I've um, been watching the back and forth quarter uh, this morning. It, it, the, the gravity, I'm talking about yeah. gravity. I mean, um, and, you know, teams are seeing success that the Raptors have, you know, just throwing everybody at them. And obviously that's going to be uh, something the Pacers have, adjust, have to adjust to. And they did very well last night. Um, but so, yeah, he gets in that role. I mean, he only took eight shots, but my God, yeah, defensively um, and just battling on the glass and just, you know, being a force and, and that three got miles both on the offense and the defense to protect the rim at one end and then, you know, get, get his shots going on the other. Um, you know, that was the, the king of all dirty work games for him last night when you, when you go back and look. I mean, honestly, I'm a little concerned at some point someone's just going to yank his arm out of his socket. I mean, the mm-hmm. guy gets gets ravaged in there 
Um, um, and, uh, you know, obviously he fouled out, but he drew a bunch of fouls as well. And, yeah, he, he made Randall work for everything. And, you know, he ended up with 18 points on 16 shots. But um, I'm sure he slept quite well last night. Yes. Uh, yeah, most definitely. Um, it's a good turning point, too. Uh, Malcolm, obviously, that was his first game back yesterday after missing a couple of previous games with with hamstring tightness. Um, first of all, I think I was surprised that he came back this early. I was a little bit worried it's going to be like a two or three week thing, just given, um, you know, you never know mm -hmm. how it's going to flare up. But he looked he looked incredible yesterday. Um, the shot continues to not fall from him for fall for him from deep. But his passing has been really, really damn good out of drives this year. Um, and it's not just like the corner passes that he's been so adept at making. Like he had a, a pass that I clipped uh, this morning where he like flipped it back over his head to miles in the slot. And I mean, he, he just was fantastic in terms of the way he's orchestrating things yesterday. Uh, and something that stood out too, well, his, his three point shooting is not great right now. He's shooting 25% from three small sample size. He's played six games, but he also is shooting the best that he shot at the rim in his time in Indiana and actually the best mm -hmm. rate of his career. He's shooting 63% at the rim. Um, and it's on enough of a volume where you're like, okay, it makes sense. And that, that picks up with what you're seeing on court. I think he's been a little bit, uh, he's felt a little bit more fluid around the rim. Like his touch has just seemed a little bit better. It's not, not like he's ever been a bad touch player, but just, you know, Caitlin and I have talked about it. He doesn't really quite have the deceleration to get down, you know, the, to pull up when he's getting downhill and get some uh, more variety in his shots around the rim. But uh, that's been impressive from him. He's just had a really good start to the year. Um, and, yeah, he also has, I think it's a career-high free throw rate right now. He's getting in the line five times per game, um, which, you know, we fans can't complain as much anymore about the Pacers not getting to the line. So so that is something, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, the, it's funny you mentioned that, uh, those numbers about around the rim because it just, you know, um, feel watching the game uh, to go along with that passing. I feel so much more confident when I see him get to a certain point Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, with the ball, and I know, okay, yep, it's there. He's going to make it, or he's going to going to make a pass and make a play. Um, and that's really what you want. You want him to create a scoring opportunity, whether it's for himself or for someone else. And um, his ability to do that seems a lot better, or just in a lot better place. Um, and I don't know if it's confidence, if it's you know exactly what they're doing, but familiarity with guys, whatever it is. Um, that definitely is, is uh, an improvement through the short season so far. Um, and as well as, as, you know, making sure um, he's strong with it and, and draws a foul. He um, had a couple fouls late in the game last night to, to keep things going. And, and, you know, that was a great thing about that, that win last night. The Knicks were really ramping up the pressure that whole fourth quarter really and could not get over the hump. Um, and, you know, at one point, you know, Brogdon just getting fouled and making shots, foul shots, um, was what kept him at bay for a couple minutes. And uh, so, you know, all those little things add up um, when you got guys making plays like that, like he and Domas, and um, and then freeing it up for guys to have big nights around him. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I should be, I should be fair. Uh, the Pacers are still only twenty fourth in free throw attempts, but free throws are down across the league. So I don't really, you know, it's whatever. Um, I well, the offense looked really good yesterday. The, the team is currently tenth in offense for cleaning the glass. Um, 
that was the best the defense has looked this entire season. Like even against Miami, I didn't think that, I mean, because you had to take with a grain of salt with Kyle Lowry was out. Knicks were not missing mm-hmm. anybody yesterday. Um, right. That was, I mean, that was just very clearly the best defensive performance that we've seen from the team. Uh, they were able to execute numerous schemes. Like they did a lot of, uh, they were doing a lot of hard hedging, especially when Goga was in the game. I thought, I mean, we, we'll talk about Goga too. Goga was fantastic in his Oof. minutes. He hit two threes in a I game. Uh, the I defense was good from him. Like they needed his fouls, especially considering, you know, uh, I don't think Miles was in foul trouble at all, but uh, obviously Domas was, gave him a spell. And it, him and Domas, I really have kind of liked that. I don't have lineup data yet. Or I don't want to use it yet because it's still so early on. But yeah. the two of them playing together feels good. Like I, I like that pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a little clunky on offense, but it makes sense defensively. Um, I was just impressed with Goga's minutes. Uh, but then obviously Miles was just—I mean, he was fantastic last night. Like I think that's the best he's played against the Knicks in a while. Like he's had good offensive games against the Knicks, but he's really had issues with. Uh, you know, with with uh, with Nerlens Noel and and Mitch Mitchell Robinson as rollers and, and what they can do as lob threats, and I thought that was the best that he'd played that yesterday in terms of how he plays against them in the pick and roll. Like he was really good at neutralizing a lot of their downhill stuff. Um, I mean, part of that too is there was some great help defense overall from the team. I just I, I can't I can't say enough how impressed I was from the defense. I feel a lot better about it going forward than I did you know this time last week. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Turner was it seemed like everywhere. You know, it, was, it seemed like he had more blocks than he did really. But really, what he was doing was just deterring guys. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was just taking a step, and guys were hesitating, looking at pat. You know, it, the the threat of him going up was was enough on several plays, um, and guys, you know, for the Knicks would rush shots or runners, and 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 then they were you know doing a good job on the glass and getting it out and running. Uh, and, and defensively, I could say it was great to see the reserve unit maintain, you know, that defense throughout the game. And, and I mean, Helen Goga, you know, just jumped Derrick Rose and swiped it and took it to distance. That was and that was, that, you know, yeah. the Knicks had cut to two and then you get the improbable three from McConnell. And then that play from Goga. Like, all right, you know, there we go. Now, now you're pushing back down the hill and as you climb back up and and really they never got back with the five. So um it was just a great play. And, and even even Carlisle after the game mentioned they had a you know, they were running something for go get to shoot a three. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. and and you know, he, all he's doing there is trying to let everyone know, yeah, we have confidence in this guy and he's playing confident and yeah, we, we wanted to shoot the three. So um, you know, that's a little PR coaching, but uh, you love to hear it. And you, you like to see a game like that from Gogo where it's like, wow, he only played 10 minutes. And, you know, he had a great impact on the game. So, um, uh, yeah, that was uh, that, that big rotation is uh, was, was about as good as you could ever hope for. <laughs> um, yeah. With all the talk we have about it, you know, that that's. That's the gold standard right there for what, what could be under Carlisle. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and, and let's just talk about Miles before we even talk about some more of the depth because I do want to we, – we do have some questions there. Um, I mean, I just – I don't want – like, and I mean this in the kindest way to Miles. I have no <laughs> idea what to make of this season so far. Um, yeah. Like, 
it's just been so up and down. And I, I want to come into the next game expecting that he is going to, um, you know, play like this, you know, to have the same level of confidence and energy that he's bringing. And it's not that I think he hasn't brought that in other games. Maybe the confidence not as much, especially against Milwaukee. I thought it wasn't really there for him. But, yeah, I mean, this last three games, uh, let me just pull up the stats really quick. I thought I had them right in front of me. But, like, uh, just to, like, mention right off rip, like, this is the best rebounding season of his career by a wide margin. I put that out this morning. Uh, his best offensive rebounding percentage, best defensive rebounding percentage, and best total rebounding percentage by far in his career, uh, which is fantastic. And that's appeared. Like, he's not just boxing guys out. He's been fantastic at just being active on the glass in general, um, especially offensively, too. I've really liked how, how much he's uh, working to go in and get inside and, and just pick up loose balls. He's been really good on trails. Um, you know, if, if there's just an easy at rim miss, he's he's right there. Like if he, if, he, if he has a mismatch on him, he takes his man down to the block and and is there to corral rebound, even if he doesn't get the ball. Um, that's just been fantastic. Like you look at the last three games, 11 boards, 18 points, six threes per game. Obviously, the game against Toronto was not awesome for him, but there was a lot of like it was just kind of weird that he didn't play in that game. But four blocks, a steal mm-hmm. like he's looking I. I mean, just considering where where we were at talking about this two weeks ago in the first game against Toronto, um, yeah, it's just different, man. I, I don't I don't know. Like, this is still like I, I don't want to keep hedging, but these the the Washington game and the aggression we've seen from him over the last week is like that's the kind of stuff that we need to see consistently. And I feel like this is, I mean, the, the last three games, last two three games, one of the more consistent stretches we've seen from him doing that. Like just. Again, last night was not even having plays drawn up for him. He was just gunning, and that's mm-hmm. what that's what they need from him. Uh, so I don't know where are you at with that because I I just think he was so vital on both ends last night. Yeah, and and it, it, it it's strange that um, I mean it's not strange because guys yeah, are human, <laughs> uh, yeah. but it you know with him it seems like there's you know that emotional confidence um, component that for whatever reason can waver in the blink of an eye. Um, and hopefully maybe he's getting a little steadier with that and getting built up. You know, obviously he could have gotten the tape, you know, after those Miami and Milwaukee games where he didn't play in the fourth and, you know, didn't even play 20 minutes. Um, but something's going on behind the scenes, you know, somebody's keeping him going. Uh, getting them to do what they wanted to do, and and I, I swear, you know, the, the one thing that really to me is kind of a confidence indicator was the way he was shooting free throws earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. And I did note on um, Monday in that San Antonio game, he made four or five, but I, when he was shooting, I was like, okay, but he's shooting, he's he's ready to shoot. You know, yeah. that that's the confident mild stroke. And if, you know, and if that leaks to his whole game, he's going to be fine. You know, he's going to be that threat. And so um, it was great to see him. You know, that was a, that was a, a good game on Monday, but then to have this game last night, um, we really blew out now, you know, we'll see it go on the road, see if we can do it on the road and, and keep building on it. Like you say, that this is a great thing that we're always asking. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I definitely joke with somebody, uh, late in the second quarter, that uh, he should be traded by halftime last night, oh, <laughs> just because 
you know, it's just like, okay, he's speaking, let's go, get the value up, you know, because you don't want to have to endure that, that, um, you know, those, those low periods we have where, um, the redundancy is just maddening. So, um, but heck, you know, obviously if he's, if he can consistently bring that threat they brought last night and, you know, continue to be, um, you know, he's, he's always going to be that guy that, that threat defensively, but, um, being able to, to, uh, team up with those other bigs and, and make that kind of an impact, you know, you got, you, you hope he can grow it and continue to do that consistently, which is, you know, all we've been asking for. Well, we're going to have a real answer, um, in terms of confidence check and, and whatnot in what is today. Today's the fourth, uh, nine days. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So Portland and Sacramento, those games are, it's not like, I mean, those are both winnable. It's less about that more, uh, Wednesday, November 10th at Denver playing against Nicole Jokic. Granted, Miles has honestly been one of the best players defending Nicole Jokic in the NBA for whatever reason, that's never seemed to, to rattle him. Uh, Utah against Rudy Gobert, um, which that'll be huge for him offensively. Uh, and then at yeah. Phil, I mean, they play Philadelphia at Cambridge yeah. on November 13th. And that's just the, that's, that's the game with that the new name. See different. Yeah, I, I've been good at it. I've been I've been trying to memorize yeah, it. My, my heart is. <laughs> uh, I'm still not used to it, but we're we're getting there. Um, I mean that stretch is just so huge for seeing because we've seen it before. And again, I, I don't want to keep berating the point, but th- yeah. it always it just is the thing. Is he going to pick up three fouls in the first quarter against Joel Embiid? Um, I right. do think, like ideally, and what I hope will happen is that they just put Sabonis on on Joel. Part of what I really liked about yesterday was just coming out right away with Domas on, on Julius Randle. Like that made so much sense to me. Don't don't mess around with it. I understand Miles is the best defensive player on the team, but Domas had the best skill set to, to guard Julius Randle, and that just made the most sense. So do it. Um, yeah. I'm interested to see how that plays out moving forward, but you know, there's there's a lot there. I want to ask a couple of rotational questions to you really quick. How do you feel about O'Shea Brissett DNPing yesterday? <laughs> Uh, you knew I was going to ask it, but I had to ask it. I found it interesting, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, particularly also in the, the San Antonio game, mm-hmm. um, I under, I kind of understood. I'm not sure his complete health uh, situation, but, um, I mean, he's available. So, obviously, that's it he would play if he was called on, I'm sure. Um, but I kind of felt like when they, they had Keelan Martin back and wanted to give him some minutes, and I I do feel um, just in general, I really like the way Carlisle has kind of, you know, he's, he's been forced to on some level because of injuries, but he has um, from game to game altered how he's uh, had lineups in there and kind of played to the game and, and manage the game as it was going on and um, giving different guys different opportunities. So, um, and, and I feel like some of that is still a, you know, who am I going to rely on? How can I rely on them? You know, I want to see this guy in this situation type things. Um, so that, and, and the fact, you know, when, when Martin went in last night, I was like, oh, Mark's going to be 
talking about this. <laughs> no, okay. So I wasn't. I wasn't like a. Honestly, Keelan played well. I think he only played five yeah, minutes yeah. yesterday, but yeah, he, he had a good five. stint. He did he some good stuff shot. defensively. He hit threes. Um, <laughs> I think it was just one three. But regardless, like I thought, I thought he had good minutes. My thing is just yeah. more of like it's the same thing as with Goga. Like I think maybe the fan base doesn't think about it the same way because he wasn't technically a draft pick, but like having him come up from Fort Wayne last year, he's what I think the third, fourth youngest guy on the team. Um, like he is for all points and purposes, like he is a prospect on the team. And I just think we saw enough last year. You want to see more. I agree with you though. Like I, well, I do have questions. I mean, it seems to be a little bit more ironed out with the starting lineup now, but there were definitely yeah. questions about how the starting lineup was being rotated to a degree, but um, I do want to see him get more minutes, but it has been tough. Like he has legitimately been squeezed because Tory Craig has been awesome the last two weeks. Like, um, I mean, he's hitting, th- I think this is his best three point shooting season of his career. Uh, obviously very, very early. So I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but I mean, this is the most he's taking. He looks, he's not super confident. It's still like there's quite a few things that he, he scratched out of yesterday, but yeah, this is the highest three point attempt rate of his career. The defense has been really necessary like I don't think he's an all-world defender or anything but just having size and length and being in the right place like he's been very important for what they do especially yesterday I thought you really saw that um so I understand why O'Shea's been out of the lineup a little bit but I still do think like you know you want to see him get more extended run but that just comes down to again this team is almost like uh there's a lot of depth but it's hard to play it all together so and then it gets yeah. murkier too because Jeremy Lamb's out. Like, we, what does that look like when Jeremy Lamb mm-hmm. comes back? What is his his role? Like, he was, you know, playing. I, I think he was basically the seventh man until uh, until Karras came back. So I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of questions there for sure. Yeah, and I think you know I think those guys will get opportunities. Whether it's Martin yeah. Brissett, they're gonna you know they're gonna and, and maybe it's you know all right these next three games, you know you're gonna be playing. Or maybe it's a game to game, but um, just the nature of the season, we know they're going to get the opportunities. But yeah, it is definitely getting clubbed up now. And I would think, I mean, Craig has certainly stepped in and, and um, been solid here of late when, when everybody's kind of been back. Um, there's no doubt. And, you know, I, I would think almost Lamb would have had like Keelan Martin minute because they kind of played him small. Yeah. Um, if he was there last night, but you know, that was only five minutes, like you said. Um, because now Justin Holiday, now he had a bad shooting night. Yeah, that was one of the other things I needed to talk about. Uh yeah, yeah go I mean, ahead though. But but I, I I just feel like there's these games have have played out almost all of them have played out differently rotationally. And you know, Brad Womack didn't play at all last night, you know, before he's playing too much, you know, yeah, but of course that's because they don't have the full, full lineup there. So, um, it's all the puzzle. And, and I, I do think that Carla is just not hesitant to use anybody that's suited up, um, on a given night and, and live with it, um, just to see what they're doing. I, f- I feel, I really get the sense, um, a little bit of a tangent here, but, but, you know, I mean, Carlisle has obviously been the least um, stressed, I'd say, about, you know, the one and six slow start that now, you know, it's three and six. But um, just because I don't, his expectation was, yeah, we're not, we're not healthy. We're just figuring things out. And, yeah, we might lose games. It 
just doesn't seem to bother him. He's, he's, he seems to have that, that process in mind, but um, he's looking at the long game here, which is not fun for the uh, fans from game to game, but I, I do feel like that that's part of his process and, and just, you know, he's going to play his guys, get to know what they do well, what they don't do, where to put them in. And, and um, it's not going to work every night, but um, I, I do think they'll, they'll get their opportunities and, and hopefully, um, yeah, take advantage when they do. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that, that, that lends itself to another thing. Uh, Jeremy, I'm mean, not Jeremy, geez. Uh, Justin Holiday really struggled last night on both ends, I thought. Um, like he clearly, I still, you know, again, Caitlin and I talked about this. You and I talked about this. Um, it just feels like that ankle injury is still bothering him a little bit. But I also am just getting to a level where, I, I, I don't know, it's a little bit concerning. You know, he was 0-7 yesterday. Um, he's still very confident in taking his shots. And I think, you know, I don't want to completely overreact because he's had good games recently. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the defense was just not quite there at the level that we're used to from him yesterday. I just don't think it has been the entire year. Um, so I do wonder, uh, you know, maybe is, is that starting to flip for him? I hope not. Like this is for him too. Like this is, I think the highest three point attempt rate of his career. He's taking almost seven per game, um, which I love seeing from him. And I do think like you've seen some stuff, like he's added in taking some more pull-ups from, from mid range, you know, as a counter, if he gets run off the line, like I do think there's been positive things to his season, but um, definitely it's, it's worth noting the start so far from him. Yeah, I really thought you know since he was moved to the bench, it seemed like he was he was uh, playing a little bit better. Obviously, that Spurs game was you know he was five for seven in that game, um, and you, you thought man, that's the perfect reserve guy coming in and, and making those shots. Um, but I know when he was starting and struggling a little bit, there were some games where he said he passed up shots because he had missed so many and that he couldn't do that and you know was encouraged not to do that and i, mm -hmm. I felt like last night <laughs> he was kind of like okay i'm not passing it up i'm shooting it yeah. um but it just wasn't happening last night and um and and yeah and i even think offensively that you know not being 100 percent confident in the ankle um even when he's driving or trying to do something on the move, um, it, 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 yeah, it just doesn't feel like he's a hundred percent. So, um, yeah. and again, you, you got this depth that we're talking about. He does not want to sit a game. I know that's not, he never has. Um, but you know, it might, it might not be a bad thing for him at this point. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's kind of my line of thinking. Like it might not be up to him at a point, uh, like right. as, as important as he is to the team. Like I do think we're talking about the depth, like, okay, well, he played, I think 23 minutes yesterday. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe that's where you see O'Shea gets some minutes. I don't know. I really hope things turn around mm -hmm. for him because granted like that, that over the weekend, he had a solid weekend. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping he gets back to form, uh, but it's going to be a matter of time. Uh, yeah. Lastly, Chris Duarte was just so good yesterday. I thought he, he he spent some time defending Kemba, which you really like to see. I think he's kind of the answer a little bit on on on, on smaller guards, which this team has always struggled with. Um, I think him and Torrey Craig took the majority of that assignment, or, or when T.J. McConnell was out too, but uh, it was mostly Torrey and, uh, and Chris guarding Kemba. Um, he only had 10 points last night, but it felt like a very, uh, like loud 10 points. That makes sense. Like he had, you know, another buzzer beater. Um, 
Yes. He's shooting currently, it's very small sample size. It's like less than one attempt per game, but he's shooting 50% on threes with four seconds left on the shot clock. Uh, this season, I looked that up this morning. Uh, shout out NBA.com slash stats. But uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it, you saw yesterday too. He had some a really nice finish around the rim coming off of a off of a closeout. And like, that's where I feel the most comfortable about him. Like, it's been cool seeing him get some of these reps. Um, it's good that he's gotten the on-ball reps. Like, I think, you know, you saw the, the team suffer for it a little bit, but I think it was good for him to work out some of the reads and you saw more of him on ball than, than I think we expected um, coming out of the gates that, that he was capable of doing, uh, as we saw in summer league in preseason too. But um, just having his impact all around has been really nice. Uh, and you saw what he can do just with playing off of – using his gravity, playing off of gravity in the starting lineup is – like he's just a, a, such a good re- release valve there. Yeah, I kind of mentioned it at the, at the top, and, and that it almost like he just fit like a glove with with those uh, Levert and Brogdon back in there. And I was thinking, you know, it, it, being that role, being you know, basically a, a fifth option essentially, um, and like you said, covering Kim, he you know, make him maybe turn him and make him focus more on D, make him guard the best guy, make him. Kind of play a role, you know. I think back to Paul George's rookie year. I'm not saying he's going to be Paul George defensively, but <laughs> but Paul George wasn't a defensive known guy when he was a rookie, and and uh, and then finally, you know, once Vogel took over, he just took, turned him loose and and said play D, and you know they ended up making the playoffs, and and his defense, you know, took off from there um, because they had other guys that that he could he wasn't needed to do the offensive stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, Duarte can kind of play that role, you know, be, be the dog on D and, um, you know, he's always still going to be a threat offensively, but he's not going to have to um, carry carry as big a load as, as far as trying to create and, and be a focal point on offense. He can, he can, you know, pick up the, uh, the scraps that are set up by the playmakers and, um, and then be that, that defensive guy to, help solidify that, that, um, end of the floor on the perimeter. So, um, it, it the multiple, the, the multiple ways he can help, you know, where you need it, you know, maybe it is getting a shot, maybe it is creating, um, maybe it is just being off the ball and being a threat, maybe defensively it's on the perimeter, helping out, whatever. Um, he, he's got ways to, to fill in. He's, you know, you can see he's kind of a, uh, especially, you know, in this role, uh, a, a pretty solid, uh, you know, like Swiss Army knife guy who can who can uh, help fill a lot of gaps when you need him in the rotation. Yeah, most definitely. Um, it's just he's he's been he's been uh, fantastic. It's been really cool to see. Um, and a lot of a lot of big tasks and assignments coming up this weekend too. So tomorrow, mm-hmm. obviously the team plays the Portland Trailblazers who have been in a little bit of a rut. I uh on the back end of this pod, I mm-hmm. talked with Mike Richmond uh over on at Locked On Blazers. He's great. Um so you guys will enjoy that conversation. But then Sacramento on Sunday, who has been pretty solid this year. Uh their defense has been yeah. a little bit better, which is not saying a ton compared to where they were last year. Um but their offense has really clicked uh to a degree and uh, they have a lot of guards on that team. Uh, obviously, De'Aaron Fox is still getting rounded out into form, but Harrison Barnes, noted pacer killer, has been <laughs> awesome out of the gate. Like, I think he's shoot. Yeah, right now, 
49.6% from the field, 47% from three on seven a game, 85% from the line, getting there seven times a game. Like your, your most underrated 23 and 10 guy in the NBA currently, Tyrese Halliburton has looked good as of late, but he healed his shot incredibly well. Like this is going to definitely be a, uh, a challenging game. Uh, I think this was like the first kind of loss that we looked at last year that wasn't scheduled, but they got, I don't want to say they got run off the court by Sacramento, but it wasn't, it wasn't close. If I remember correctly, that game, Vic was, yeah. Vic was still on the team, but it was early last year during the first road trip and they struggled with Sacramento. So this will be an interesting game to see how it goes. Um, they have a lot of depth with size on the inside. Rashawn Holmes is really good, but um, I mean like Alex Lennon, Tristan Thompson are not Alex Lennon, Tristan Thompson of two years ago. So it's, it's a little bit different, but um yeah, big opportunities for Miles and Domas. Uh, if I had to ask you, what are they going out of two this weekend? What are you, what are you selecting? Oh, out of two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking on the whole road trip, you know, coming home two and two would be remarkable. Um, the problem with Portland is it is often a house of horrors. Um, they kind of go over the hump. I can't remember the last time they won there, but – you know, it's like one for the last. Yeah, last season was the first time they've won there since. Like, yeah, it was, last was a season, rookie. Yeah. Like it was forever. Yeah. Yeah, and um, my the scary part is like, yeah, Portland has been struggling, and I feel like in the same way Harden was struggling, and then all of a sudden caught fire against the Pacers. Yeah. I'm just like dreading Dame catching fire and and having one of those nights where it really doesn't matter what you do, you're at his mercy. But um, hopefully. Uh, they can they can start a little win streak out there now, um, and and build on this. But oh man, I feel like they need both this year. I mean, obviously they need both the game. They need every game. But um, I, I feel like they can get them both. I do. Yeah, I, I, uh, like you said. I think I I kind of want to just hedge and say one and one and one because uh, I agree with you. Yeah. Like Damian Lillard has really struggled to start the year. Um, and for him, it's just a matter of time before he rips the Band-Aid off and absolutely houses a team. Yeah. And this team just seems to be ripe for one of those guys to absolutely pop off, as we've seen happen multiple times over the last couple of years. Like, I just would be kind of surprised yeah. if it doesn't happen. But also, maybe they do continue and things just continue to go poorly for Portland. Um, I'm a lot more confident confident in them winning the, uh, um, the Sacramento game. I just think that they'll be able to put them into some tire situations on offense that only look great, but also De'Aaron Fox is uh, in a, a guard who's going to eviscerate point of attack defenses, and he's great at getting downhill. So a lot's going to rely on on Miles and Domas and, and just backline rotations in general. Um, and he has struggled mightily to start the year. So it, it's two teams that seem ripe to get better, or, or two players who have the hands of the who have the keys to the wheel for their teams. Um, keys to the car, Jesus, you don't have keys for a wheel. Uh, that yeah. kind of day so far, Tom. <laughs> Uh, but yes, definitely important. Like you mentioned, the Pacers are three and six now, which would have them in the play in discussion for the West, um, right around where Portland is mm-hmm. currently 13th in the East behind Boston and Atlanta and Milwaukee, which were, are not the teams that I would have told you would be 10 and 10 through 12, <laughs> yeah. uh, when we started the year, but, um, yeah, getting these to make up some of the ground they lost over the first two weeks would be really huge. Like you got to at least win one game here, but. You know, we'll take it as she comes. I think we'll uh, we'll either talk after the Portland game or, or definitely after the Sacramento game, maybe detail both games. But, um, Tom, this has been great. To everyone yeah, listening, wait. thank you for listening. 
keep listening to. I'm about to talk to Mike Richmond over from Lockdown Blazers, get you some more insight onto this Blazers team and where they're at headed into the year. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome back. I am joined by Mike Richmond from over at Lockdown Blazers. Great dude. Knows his stuff. You should listen to his podcast if you don't. Mike, how are you doing, man? I'm doing swell. You should also subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. As long as we're doing plugs up front, subscribe to the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. Get all YouTube. the plugs out of the way, man. No other chance. At the end. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I'm watching a, I watch a lot of Blazer games and I lose a lot of Blazer games, but uh, you know, knows, that's just life. That's 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 the gig these days. Say la vie. Yeah. Uh, I have so many questions to ask you. We're not even really going to talk Pacers in this section. Like we can, you, you can ask me some questions if you have any about the team. I just, this, this team in terms of, you know, I try and do national work. I try and really keep up with everyone. And I feel like I have the least handle for this team whatsoever. Um, they've had some good performances. They've had some mad performances. And then they've had games that I just want to like scrub off the face of the earth. Um, last night kind of felt like one of those, like yeah. up, up against the Sixers, like, but, and on surface, it sounds fine, but no, you lose. Joel Embiid did not play. Obviously, Ben Simmons is not there. Um, it's just been a very odd start. Yeah, no Tobias year. Harris. Yeah. Danny Green played 19 minutes and left at halftime. And George Niang and former Pacers legends, George Niang. And, <laughs> that's, uh, that's right. And, Wayne Maddian's legend. Yeah. And, and Furkan Korkmaz and Seth Curry got loose. And you lose that one, and then they... Close out the road trip with a loss in Cleveland. It's just been it's been a bad week in uh, in the Northwest. Yeah, um, I think the first thing we can start with is Dame. I mean, we were just talking before we got in here. I haven't gotten a chance to watch tonight's game yet, but um, Dame struggled down the stretch. He has notably shot terribly this year, um, which has been rough. Uh, our, uh, what's your DefCon level with Dame? Because I'm I mean, where I'm coming from, I'm like, you know what, whatever slumps happen. But it is definitely getting to a point where they can't really afford to bleed losses like this early on. Um, but where are you at with how he how he's come out? And especially with, you know, we got yeah. Chris Haynes piece this morning, too. Yeah. Um, Dame, very loyal, a, a loyal fellow, despite I, I had no idea. Yeah, uh, really loyal. You know, I want to say that if this was any other eight game stretch throughout the season, I'd be like, man, he sucked for a couple weeks, huh? But I wouldn't be worried. But because it's right out of the gate, and because we even haven't we haven't seen, you know, he he hit five threes against the Clippers, um, and it was like, oh, are you coming back? And I even asked him after that game, like, are you back? And he's like, no. I mean, you'll know when I'm back, dog. Like you've seen me, you've watched me enough to know when I'll be back. And I was like, yeah, I mean, fair enough. But like, you played you played well. Um, I would say my DefCon level is it one is the worst. It goes in the reverse. Is that how DefCon? You know, works? I should have I should have looked that up before I asked. I never know. <laughs> I, I, tend I, think, to, I think it's one is the worst. I think DEFCON yeah. one is the worst. So dear listener, if you were, listen, if you're familiar with DEFCON levels, uh, that's Mark Schindler MBA on Twitter. 
Hey, I, um, I may not know how to spell it, but I will use it. So it'll yeah, be, um, yeah. So yeah, I would say like I'm like a, a three. Like I'm not super worried about him because um, to quote him, then he's a little bit corny, but God bless him. Uh, is that what did the nine years say to the four games? Uh, we're now at what did the nine years say to the eight games? But um, yeah, I think he'll be fine. Like I think he's one of the best offensive players in the league, but also he's shooting bricks. Um, and this team is built for him to be great that they're they're not built for him to be okay or even they're not even built for him to be an all-star they're built for him to be an all nba level player and right now he's the third best guard on the team yeah uh well that's a good transition too because one 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 thing uh dame's defense has been better that stood out right away uh it's still not great but it's better it's better than it's been in the last three years so i'll take it um cj has been on an absolute tear to start the year which has been great to see he's kept his three-point attempt rate up um I love it. It's been great. I don't have any qualms. What is up with the free throw shooting? I know it's a small sample size, but like, it's yeah, from him. He's been he goes team. through these cycles. If you look at CJ's career splits, he goes through these bizarre cycles where he literally led the league in free throw shooting. And then two years later, he shot under 80% for the entire season. Like he's just, um, <laughs> Uh, former Blazers assistant coach, David Vanderpool. I remember him joking with him. He's like, I can shoot free throws better than you. <laughs> we just straight up tell him like, I'm a better free throw shooter than you. Yeah. So in, in, in his breakout year, his, um, I guess the year after he was MIP, he shot 91% from the free throw line. And then two years later, shot 75.7% from the free throw line. It's like, what dog, what? Um, so I don't know what's up with it. Some of it is just like small sample size. He complained he wasn't getting enough foul calls. I guess no one is in the whole league CJ get in line. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I will say the three point rate stuff is great to see CJ pull those toes back behind the three point line and take a 24 footer and not a 22 footer is just, it is really amazing for those of us who understand, um, the value of certain jump shots. Uh, so yeah, I I think he's been good. I think he's been also attentive on defense. They've had some lapses. This week has been bad for him, but prior to this week, they were, they were both guards were looking better on defense. Um, and, and CJ was looking like something close to that pre foot injury CJ where he averaged 27, six and seven. Um, is he going to do that for the year? No, <laughs> but, but he's, he can really, he like, he's been good this year, even if he's kind of, ha- he's kind of had a down week, but he's in, in general, he's been really good uh, prior to this road trip where nothing went right for anyone in a, in a pinwheel Jersey. Yeah. And I guess that can spin us towards the rest of the roster where a lot of the questions come up. Um, before then, let's even talk just the defense in general. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the defense now? Because again, like I think, uh, there are games where I'm like, okay, it looks better. I get it. And then there are other games where I'm like, why, why, what is going on here? I'm not really getting it. Um, where are you at with the defense so far? Because it's been a little bit like, I, I like they're trying to mix up coverages and be different, but at the same time, yeah. Where are you at with it? I think I'm like blindly pro change at this point, just because yeah. I watched them play drops That's for fair. six years. Yeah. I'm just like, Okay, cool. Something new, like bad in a new way. Hell yeah. I love this. Um, but uh, so I don't know if you're, if you're listening, aren't super familiar, if they are super familiar, here's a recap anyways, but they're playing at the level. Um, and they're really, really being aggressive rotating early and they're kind of getting caught on that early rotation. Like, I think that's one of their big problems. They're not containing the ball particularly well. So they're like, they're having some issues, just point of attack defense, but because Nurk is up so high or Cody Zeller, but particularly Nurk is up so high they're that sort of in between scramble back to recover has been really tough for them 
or the low man stays and they and they're getting crushed with just skip passes to the corner um and the low man is six foot three almost always yeah and it's a problem um i think the rotation stuff they are not always super sharp on because they don't have a bunch of like sort of defensive savant iq guys but there's also some physical limitations with this roster yeah and i guess that's where it gets interesting too because uh i mean nice little has started over uh, Norman Powell when Norman was out. Um, and I've liked Nas. It's been great to see him get some run, and, and I think he's looked pretty good. Obviously, the shot's been falling for him. Obviously, provides more length on the on the defensive end, which you need. Um, I, I It just gets a little bit weird because, like you're mentioning, it, obviously the the best of this this team looked last year was when they got the three-yard lineup going. Yep. Um, but you see shortcomings with it. Um where are you kind of at with that? Because again, I, I mean, it's all going to come down to late game stuff, but I think more of it's just like, all right, well, can the team survive 42 minutes before it gets to late game scenarios? Well, well, I uh, I don't want to spoil it for you because I know you haven't watched, but last three minutes tonight, they played a four guard lineup. Are you are you serious? So the last two nights they have against they the have, Cavs, they played a four guard lineup. Yes, against Evan Mobley, Evan, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen front line, they closed with four six foot three players on the court: Dame, CJ, Norm, and Anthony Simons. Um, it's all like okay. So if I didn't like if if this wasn't Chauncey's eighth game as head coach, I would think that he was literally trolling Neil Olshay. That he's like, this is what you give me. This is what you. This is what this is what I got. Like fine, let's. I'll roll out. You give me four. My four best offensive players are six three shooting guards. Let's do it. Let's put them all on the court and see how it goes. Um, listen, here's the problem with that math. Damon CJ are going to play and they're good, even if struggling a little bit this week. Norman Powell is your third best offensive player. Your fourth best offensive player is Anthony Simons. So if you're choosing between Ant and Norm, you are taking off your third best offensive player for your fourth or other. You know whatever whatever way you want to slice it. And neither of them provides enough defensive resistance to make the trade-off truly worth it. And it's, they just, they're built to be a offensive beast. Like they just have to be the best offense in the league to do what they're trying to do right now. And they're not that. Um, and so then the shortcomings on the other end really show up because they're just, they should be a fireball. Like they should just be an inferno on that end. And yeah. right now they're just kind of okay. Yeah. Um, and what makes it hard to, at least from what I've seen, I don't know if anything changed tonight. Uh, Rocco and, and Nurk have just been rough. Like Rocco, Rocco got like back. A, he Rocco did? got back okay. tonight. He played yeah, a Robert Covington game. He looked like a shell of himself. The first, yeah, this is the first good game he's had all I've year. Seen. That's good to hear. Cause they need that. Um, Nurk is just like, I know counting stats look awesome for him. He has not looked awesome to me uh don't watch just have him in fantasy don't watch yeah, don't watch yes, the games yeah he's a fantasy basketball monster because he's looked bad yeah because like exactly like you're mentioning uh you mentioned earlier like they're playing him close to the level but the recovery back is just not it's not there um it was two years ago it's not now um and i'm just kind of at, at the point where like i think you're going to have going to have to play him in either like a lighter drop or or something different because i just don't know how it's going to happen but um, even then the offense hasn't really been there with him either. Like it's been fine, but he's still having the finishing issues. Um, like he can still do stuff as a short roll passer, but I mean, where are you at with him right now? Because honestly, like even last year, like he was in some ways the most important player for the team, because if he didn't have things going together, they fell apart. And it feels like that this year. I mean, luckily Cody Zeller's looked awesome, um, yeah. which has been great to see. And it has not been a shock to me. I think it has been for some people, but 
Um, yeah, Indiana legend. And also yeah, he's just yeah. been good. Like he's, he's good. Yeah. Um, the pr pride of Washington high school, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I know that's where his older brother went. I've, I've shouted him out twice. I got to look up where he actually went to high school, but yeah, I think Nurk, um, you know, the, he's just not ever going to be good at finishing. <laughs> so like, I think we can throw that out. I know there's yeah. a big thing where it's like, can he improve? No, no, it's a skill thing. Some of it is t taking your time, setting your feet, loading up. Um, some good old fashioned like high school style jump shop jump stops would help him a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. there's like some there's some biomechanical shit in there, but like he's not good at it. It's a skill thing. It's the same way some guys can't shoot. He can't make layups. Sorry, y'all. Um, and he doesn't. He's not the explosive athlete he once was to just use his his sort of size and 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 whatever brute force to dunk on people. He's uh, he had a really 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 gruesome leg injury, and I'm not sure he'll get back to the. He was awesome prior to breaking his leg, and I'm not sure he'll get back there. It sucks, but that's like sort of the truth of this. And I, I, I Nurk is still the most important player on the team in, in a lot of ways. He he holds it all together. Um, but he, there's been too many nights when Cody Zeller, who did go to Washington High School, by the way, pride of Washington High, um, has been the best center on the roster. Uh, and that is, it's nice to have that insurance, but it's also, it's tough. It's just, it's a tough thing to, it's a tough thing to have your backup center be better than your starting center and the starting center be who he is and such a big sort of focal point of what the team's identity wants to be. Yeah, no, exactly. That's kind of what I've what I've thought as well. It's just like it, it's odd and they need to get as much out of him as possible. Um, I'm not interested in talking about trades or anything. It's way too early in the year. But like that's definitely something that it feels like it could be on the horizon. If he's a he's things. a he's a free agent this summer. Anytime yeah. you're entering free agency, a team has to make a decision whether you're part of the future or you are worth trading and what the trade offs are like. It's just a reality of it. I hate trading machine. I, my listeners to my podcast, Locked On Blazers, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. They know that I hate that shit. Send me a trade machine and I'll say, hey, no thanks. I'll just I'll just send you an email back that says, nope, not not this week. Uh, what? How many how many above the break threes did you need to see from Nurk before you knew you didn't need to see another one? Because I think it was oh, one for me. Zero. Yeah, zero. It was. It was I went one into the. <laughs> I went into the. I went into the year being like, Nurk's going to shoot more threes, and I'm going to hate it. That was like yeah, my the season first preview. One, I saw the first one happen. I'm like, I don't. I don't need this to happen. We, we don't need this to happen. This does nothing for the offense. Like I get it, but at the same time, no. Well, um, anytime you get the Rondo three, where you get to like catch it, cock it, realize they're not going to come, and then decide to shoot it, like the full whatever 2009 Rajon Rondo. Like, don't shoot. That's the league is telling you you're open for a reason don't shoot it do run a crazy dribble handoff because you have all that space like be kavon looney you know how kavon looney treats not being uh, guarded he sets crazy dribble handoff screens like um i don't want to quote the guy but like a, a former writer for the athletic wrote a great thing about how he's got an aircraft carrier is that he just he made space for guys to um attack from deep and and that's what nurk needs to be when they're not guarding him at the above the break three that's that's the solution that would be very nice to see. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful, but <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, in positives, though, Anthony Simons has looked awesome. Like, this has just made my heart feel full. Um, I've been waiting for this for a while. And also, the Blazers have been waiting for this for a while. <laughs> They've been telling um, you that it's going to happen um, for a while. <laughs> yeah, they, yes, I've uh, I've been aware that Anthony Simons is, is that dude uh, in, in time uh, for about three years now. Um, I mean, he can dribble now. Uh, he's making quality reads out of it, and he's still just a crazy shooter. I mean, he's 50, 40, 90 right now. He has the athleticism, obviously, so being able to couple that with having a little bit more of a handle now has been, it's been dope. 
Yeah, um, I think the handle is huge. Like yeah. to me, the strength and the handle are the biggest the biggest steps he's taken. He was going to be a long-term NBA player if he didn't improve at all because he had he could just shoot it. And like the dudes who could shoot get paid. Uh, ben McLemore is in, literally on the Trailblazers. Um, so like, he, but he was going to be Ben McLemore. That's like the direction he was heading. Uh, and he he can dribble. He's making little right-handed runners, um, like kind of like a swoop hook runner in the lane. Um, he's he's scored through contact. I believe he has two and ones on the year, which uh, sounds like not many through eight games, but is a lot for him. For that's a lot, man. Yeah, it's a lot. That's awesome. Um, yeah, he's been fun. He's been so fun. he's probably been the most fun part of the year. Um, is that him and Nas like as guys who can really contribute? Um, Anthony Simons has thrown a wrench into the future because he's good enough to play. And like we mentioned up top, like their four best players are six three guards. Like you have to at you have to and probably like in January figure out what you want to do. Um, and he's he's so good that it's like oh uh oh <laughs> like uh oh we have to you know before it was like oh this is night's depth and now it's like shit we got to. Something's got to give. Like the, a trade is coming because Amphrey mm. Simons has been so good. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um. Like, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. It almost feels like in some ways this roster is too deep, but not in a way where it all congeals. Like, right. You can't play um, your good players together. Exactly. And like, uh, I mean, some of the stuff I want to see differently too. Like, just I'll ask you this: Where are you at with Larry Nance and how he's looked so far? Um. Uh, or I guess I should I'm, specify Junior because his dad's a Hall of Famer. But um, um. Yeah, I haven't seen him. I don't know. He he might have been around tonight at a game in Cleveland. Um. Actually, probably was. Yeah. Yeah. I I think he said his family was there. Um. Yeah. I I'm a Larry Nance believer. I I've been like trying to. I like. I, I was like Larry Nance is a guy the Blazers could go get. You know. He seems like a good. And now he he hasn't been very good. Um. They're not using him in a ton of handoff stuff. They got him. They've started getting him in more DHOs, and I think that's a way to unlock him. Uh, sort of a lot of the difference in the Blazers' offense from last year to this year is that the pick and rolls have turned into handoffs, which I like because you can read, you know, you let guys read and react a little bit. But um, I think Larry didn't know where he fit in for a little while. Um, and he it was felt like it, it came through watching. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he just couldn't get, he didn't know where, where to be on offense and how to work off guys. And he's such a creative interior passer that when he's confused, it really zaps like a lot of his skills because he's like, oh, I don't, I can't make that quick second read that makes him so special. Yeah, no, that's kind of how I felt too. Like it kind of felt like he was just floating in the offense. Um, so I'm happy to know that I, I again I haven't gotten to watch tonight's game. I'm hoping there's a lot more DHOs with him because same thing with like I even feel like Nurk hasn't been getting as many DHO opportunities. I want to see more of the elbow stuff, like um just getting intuitive with it. And I know it's gotta be difficult, like being a first time head coach with a new roster trying to figure it out, but at the same time, figure it out. Like, you know, yeah, do it. Uh, <laughs> that's just I wanna see it. What how have you felt about his defense so far? Uh, it's been okay. I thought it was going to be better. I thought it was going to be more impactful tonight. They played him at center next to Covington and Nazir little, a little bit in the fourth quarter. Um, and I thought that lineup with length, the, the, one of the few lineups the Blazers could play with athleticism and length looked good. Um, and then he came and they brought him back and he played with Nurk and I thought he wasn't as good. And whether Mm -hmm. that's just, um, stylistically having more athletes and being able to help and recover and like, um, you know, trust that sort of speed on the backside versus what Nurk's going to bring you helps Larry. But I, I haven't been, I thought I was going to be excited about Larry Nance Jr.'s defense and eight games in, I'm kind of like, he's all right. Yeah. It's been weird. I think, uh, where I feel most comfortable about him, especially watching the Cavs last year when I thought like. Before he got injured, I thought he was like legitimately going all defense, just about like he's fantastic, really good at the nail. Like I like him best at the nail. Like he's good as a low man, but at the nail is where he really shines. So I wonder if we'll find a way to get him there more. But um, 
Shit, do I have any more? I don't think I have any other Blazers questions. Uh, Tony Snell looked really good the other night. Currently has not hit any free throws. He's going to have to take any. He's not missed a shot on the year yet. Um, in one but, uh, Tony Snell hasn't missed a free throw since March of 2019. It, he might never miss one again. Actually. He's made 79 consecutive free throws over almost two full years. So He's let's get over or more than two years. Let's go. We won't jinx it. Um, He's not going to get fouled this year. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, all right. Do you have any, do you have any Pacers questions? How much do you see to them this year? Do you have any questions about the team? Uh, about I that? watched them early. I haven't watched them since, uh, since the injuries. Um, so you haven't watched them since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I watched. No, I haven't. I have. I watched like their, I watched three their first three games. I watched every every minute, um, and I haven't watched them since then. So I, I haven't seen them. But I, um, I what I I'm curious about and kind of because. Um, luckily, the Pacers have smart people who write about them and talk about them, so I can learn about the team kind of. Um, through osmosis, uh, listening to you and uh, reading Caitlin Cooper, one of the all-timers. Um, and so I'm just wondering, and and I watched their, when they played back-to-back overtime games, um, it felt like they were just kind of taking turns between Turner and um, Sabonis and that they, like, Carlisle couldn't get them to play off each other. Um, and is that, do you think that's still an issue? Like, have they figured out how to be in tandem at all? I, uh, you know, I haven't gotten to watch tonight's game yet because I had to do, uh, other work outside of basketball yeah. um so i'm watching in the morning i know how uh, that goes. miles went i think he had 25 and 13 tonight yeah awesome. i saw the line he looked but nice. uh domas i will just again just box score scouting uh was not a great domas game right um and i'm sure it was better than box score in a case but there has been some really weird push pull with them like miles had the freaking 40 point game against washington but Throughout then, he just hasn't been playing fourth quarters. Right, they did. They, they sit him down the like, stretch. Yeah, it's been really weird. Um, and honestly, like I think that they play fine together. Um, what I've been really frustrated with a little bit in watching them, and, and Caitlin and I talked about this in a pod not too long ago. Like, we get, you know, running a five-out offense makes sense. I get it; it's good, but it's really running a three-out with two guys who don't get guarded in Domas and Miles. Um, like in some ways it's, it seems like it would be more sensible to run like four out one in with having Domas on the interior, because while he's still getting, um, similar like post touches, it's more high post stuff. Um, it's closer to the top of the key. A lot of DHOs up there instead of, you know, getting him in the post, sucking in the defense and then coughing stuff back out. And part of that, like, again, it's not just stats, but like his assist totals are way down. And a lot of that is because he's getting utilized in areas where he's not impacting the defense as much. And it's been just a little odd, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping that they'll work that out more. Um, and same thing with miles too. Like they're, they're just not, the guards haven't been good at getting the ball to the interior. Um, like miles and, and Domas have been really good at flashing the paint. And especially miles has been getting a lot of uh, like easy mismatches. They're just not finding him uh, again. Part of it's hard because like, I think tonight was the first time, that they've had four starters together this year. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. But it's still, it's, it's, it's definitely been an area of, uh, of concern that I'm hoping to see change because the defense has been, well, the defense still hasn't been good. It's been a lot uh, more sensible and, you know, you're just kind of waiting to see until everybody or most of everybody's back, but the offense has definitely uh, raised, uh, raised some questions for sure. Yeah. I, I, I just like, they just seem like they're missing the, a, a third creator and it's like, mm-hmm in the past you would try to make that 
Sabonis of, of whatever that is, like have him be that guy. But I, I just, it seems like they're just mi- missing. The, I mean, everyone is missing a third creator. Like literally something like 80% of the league is missing a third shot creator. But um, it's like, you know, they're running. I, one of the games I watched, they're running offense late through Duarte. It's like, okay, <laughs> like, come on now. It's, he's really, he like, he looks like a special player, but that's not what he should be doing. He doesn't need the ball with in his hands with a minute 40 left in a tie game. Like that's, Let's let him like be more dangerous on the move. Um, so yeah, I I, wor- I worry about that. I worry about are they can they be an elite defensive team with how big they are? I, I uh, man, I hope so uh, because I don't know if it's going to happen offensively. Um, yeah, that's how they I have looked too. a lot better with Karis. Like when Karis plays, they look look so good. Yeah. Um, but then there are stretches where they bog down. Um, again, I still need to see the tonight's game, and they they blew out. New York. Um, but I think that it's going to have to come defensively because I just don't think that they have the guys together, even if they scheme it perfectly. I don't know if they're a top 10 offense. Yeah. Um, especially like, I mean, unless if, if TJ Warren comes back and he's like bubble Warren again, um, then yes. Okay. Maybe I see it, but um, it's got to be defensively. And I think that there are shades that make you think, yes, like Domas has been really, really quality defensively. I think he got too much flack last year. It was more like, like, I mean, you know, from when they ran uh, the, the Boylan defense in, in Portland for 10 games, like, no, why are we doing that? We don't have the roster to do it. Like, that's yeah. how it was all year in Indiana last year. Yeah, he um, was out at 27 feet chasing somebody. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, this is this will definitely get it done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, John Hollinger doesn't like it, but I, I didn't like it either. But, you know, it's not call for uh, for him being bad. Like, it just he's put in the wrong spot. Uh, I think Miles is being asked to do less this year, which is good because he was asked to do way too much last year was like the majority of the defense. Like, I mean, they just quite literally funneled the highest rim frequency in, in the NBA at him and he was good, but like, it's just like, you're asking right. he was, too yeah, much. He was like, like a defensive player of the year candidate, but yeah. um, there is, there's a tipping point even with good defensive players. Yeah. And I just, I do have questions about the point of attack defense though. Um, like Tory Craig has been nice, but um, he's not there offensively to be playing more than like 15 to 20 minutes a game. Um, Malcolm is good to okay. I'd say he's more average at the point of attack. He's better guarding up the spot and he normally guards threes anyways. Um, Chris Duarte has been nice defensively. Like he does good stuff off the ball. He obviously makes rookie mistakes, but yeah. um, Karras, I don't know. Uh, not a good defense. Never player. really been a great, great defense player, but at yeah, least and then has they like wanna... length. It's just, they I, they did they just really struggle to get stops on the perimeter, which has led to them doing a lot more of uh, a lot more hard hedging and and recover and um, late game McConnell nonsense. And yeah. I like TJ McConnell, but I don't want to see TJ McConnell play in a close game with three minutes left because of you the don't offense. want to see him uh, taking above the break three off double drags. Yeah, a, a two handed set shot or he jumps, but like a, a two handed push because he'd rather take a 19 footer. But he's like, he agrees that uh, three pointers are worth more points. So he takes a three that just Has like no straight chance. line drives yeah. at the front rim. Yeah, I don't want to see it. I don't want, like, but I get why they do it. They want another dribble. They want another ball handle. They want another creator and they want like a feistier point of attack defender. Um, I feel like every NBA team is just trying to solve a puzzle. Um, and I feel like in the same way with the Blazers and the Pacers, it's like they have seven good players, but do they have five good players that fit together that can get you get it done on both ends? And I don't, um, I'm not sure either of these teams check that box. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, it's kind of just the push pull that's been going on this entire year. Part of me 
Um, I mean, they, they're on a two-game win streak now, but part of yeah, me is red like, hot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, very hot. Um, <laughs> part of me is like, I'm just, okay, you know what, get the losing out of the way early um, and let them make a move because I still just, I, I mean, I was at the point coming into the year, I think that they, they just needed to to make a move clearly. And it's been like, like I mean, you're what, a thousand miles away from Indiana and you're like, yeah, it feels awkward. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it's not just us, man. Like people notice <laughs> this, like it, it feels weird, but I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see on that. Um, it's two franchises in a lot of ways that have um, are suffering from being decent for a long yeah. time. It's like there is a poison of being pretty good in a league that demands that you either are absolutely awful or chase a championship. And um, then you get stuck in this middle ground where you're like, yeah, it's a pretty good basketball team and it feels terrible. And it's like a bummer about the league and it's a bummer about fandom and like um there's so much more to it and there's so many more ways to have a successful season than um getting the first pick in the draft or winning the title um but like it feels with both of these franchises that you kind of know how the story ends and i can understand why fans are like blow it up <laughs> blow it up <laughs> yeah. i'm like hey i hear you i i let's not do it in game nine or whatever um but let's but yes i well we can revisit dear listeners we can revisit that in january because i i know i feel your pain yeah we'll be back uh well mike this was awesome man i really appreciate you taking the time uh to, to preview this game get uh give people a little bit of a, a little bit more insight on the blazers do you have anything you want to plug anything you want to mention before we get out of here oh you know um call your mom and uh if that's not something you have in your life or something that you're not able to just tell someone who's important to you that you love them because life is short and uh expressing how you care about people is really really valuable so uh make sure you go do that well that was that was awesome that's a really great way to close out mike i appreciate you man um of course listen to lockdown blazers uh i will have a link down below it's my way of keeping up with the blazers when i don't get to watch a game uh, Mike, I appreciate you, man. To everyone listening, thank you for listening. Most importantly, have a good rest of your day.